Hi, I'm Cody Rayley. Welcome to the Everyday Love Podcast, where we talk about the things that we go through in life and how to better love each other and better love God despite these circumstances. Today, I have a conversation with my good friend, Ms. Morgan Barnes. Morgan is a wife, a mother, and a business owner. She has an incredible story and she's absolutely hilarious. So I promise that you will laugh, cry, and feel every other emotion in between. Today's episode is longer than usual, but I promise it is worth it. We talk about Morgan's journey to becoming a business owner and some of her parenting techniques. And then we talk about the incredible road that she walked down to becoming a mother. You definitely want to hear her story. I do want to give a little disclaimer that there's a little PG-13 portion around the 41 minute mark. It's nothing too crazy, but I still feel like I should warn you if you're listening with kids. All right, without further ado, here's my conversation with Morgan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Everyday Love Podcast. Today, I have my good friend, Miss Morgan Barnes, with me. Hello. <laughs> I'm so excited to have Morgan on, and I think Morgan is really excited to be so on. excited. This was so cool. All the questions were so well done and well put together. I'm so excited to like answer everything. Oh, thank you. Um, so it's still Infant and Pregnancy Loss Awareness Month in October, so we're going to talk a little bit about that, but Morgan is also one of the most business savvy people that I know <laughs> and has such good ideas and such creativity. So we're going to talk about um, her businesses that she's begun in the last year or so and then talk about her journey to becoming a parent. I know those things seem wildly different, but I just... It comes she, together. <laughs> it does. And she just has such a cool story that I wanted I wanted to talk about all of it. So right on. Morgan... How did we meet? We met just this past year, I think. Yeah. Um, you were new to, we both live in a small town and anytime anyone moves into a small town around here, that's remotely your age. Um, people are immediately like, have you met Cody yet? Have you met Cody yet? And I, I did not hear of this mysterious Cody until I did. And then we met and then there you go. Yeah. That was pretty much how it happened. Small towns are super... <laughs> Involved. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's the word. Um, but what was it? Why did we become friends? Like, why did we become so close, do you think? It's one of those, I think your friendship is very cool because I've never become friends with a person like you before. It was just one of those things that things just kept clicking. Um, you know, as we're doing our introductions, you kind of mentioned I'm from San Angelo, Texas. And I was like, get out. Like, <laughs> I literally have my family from San Angelo here right now. Um, and then it was like, I'm living in a fifth wheel on my parents' property. And I was like, no way. Like, we did the same thing. We, we just like up and moved and we're here and we're trying to figure things out. That's amazing. And then it was, oh, I am the older sibling to a brother with disabilities. And I was like, I'm the older sibling <laughs> to a brother with disabilities. And I've never had a friend who had a sibling with disabilities yes. before. 
it's a it's like a unique club <laughs> that we get to be in. <laughs> yes. And then I think what like sealed the deal for me, like we've been chatting for a little bit, we're we're running into each other more often, and then one day I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry I'm late. I had an anxiety attack. <laughs> And I, I don't know why I shared that. That's a very personal thing to share and like something that was new to me at the time. But I just up and said like, I had an anxiety attack. And you were like, hey, me too. <laughs> that was a very strong connecting point for us. <laughs> yes. But it's been so cool, this friendship, because from there, from sharing like this fact that we'd had an anxiety attack... Then you recommend me to a therapist, your therapist. Mm -hmm. Now we're both like healing. We're spending this next year, like we're becoming friends, we're healing, we're becoming better people, we're growing. Mm -hmm. Like it's just been a really cool journey. Yes. Hopefully I have Donna. That's our therapist. (laughs) Hopefully she gets to come on the pod sometime. Shout out to Donna. (laughs) We love Donna. We love Donna. Um, Okay, so... Who are you? Tell me about you. Who's Morgan? Yeah, who is Morgan Barnes? <laughs> what a great question. Um, dude, I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I am married to my high school sweetheart. His name is Tanner. Um, I have a little four-year-old boy. Um, his name is Davey. And, like, I guess if you want to know who I am, you want to know this interesting fact, this interesting fact about me is I like to collect rocks, but not like cool rocks, like not these fantastic, you're on Route 66 and you see this awesome rock in the gift shop and you're like, I'm gonna bring that home to Morgan. I'm not interested. <laughs> I, I just, I grew up in this small town. My parents have acreage and I would just, I love to explore the, de- like the desert. and just look around me all I'm doing is looking down looking for these rocks and it's not even like a look it's a vibe (laughs) and like I just have these little they look like cemeteries all over the property because they're just piles of rocks (laughs) that I've collected over time and all throughout our house there's just these little piles of rocks and I think it's so cool because Davey's now taking that on so Davey will go with me and he gets it like he'll just be looking down at the ground and be like mom this is a daddy rock and he's totally (laughs) right like the essence of the rock is like just the color the shape that the rock is totally dad and that's me dude that's morgan (laughs) she's a rock collector (laughs) i'm a rock collector and my coin collecting husband has the audacity to make fun of my (laughs) rock collections but yeah, that's something I haven't really like shared with people before. Like I'm not like outdoorsy. I'm outsidey. I just mm-hmm. like being outside, connected to the earth, being with my family. Like if you were to understand who I am as a person, my rock collection is actually very important for those mm-hmm. reasons. Some of my favorite things about you, Morgan, is that you're just a weirdo. <laughs> but I love it. Like <laughs> I like, I'll never forget when we were at a sleepover for an event and you came and woke me up at 6 a.m. when we had gone to bed at 4 a.m. to go watch the sunrise. <laughs> there was buildings blocking the sunrise, but 
It was still so magical to you. But I just gotta get it in. You gotta, those things are magical. Like if you stop and just watch that little sliver of sunrise, you'll be like, man, this is awesome. Yes. Today is awesome. Yes. God More is than- awesome. Yes. Genuinely appreciates the little things in life. Like mm. nothing I'd ever seen. Thank and you. I, yes, yeah. you're welcome. Makes life sweet. It does. Tell me about your businesses. Okay. This journey that you've been on has been kind of a roller coaster. So good, though. Like, yeah. so sweet and so perfect. Um, firstly, I love that you say that I'm the most business savvy person you know because I'm totally an idiot. But, <laughs> but I had the guts to just go and do it. And that's something I never thought I would do in my life. Like, I went to college and I remember having to put together business proposals, like mock business proposals and things. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would just be like, can't you teach me how to find somebody to do this for me? Like, it's, I'm more of a reference kind of girl. Like, send me your references and go from there. Like, I never, ever, ever thought I would own a business. Um, no one in my family owns a business. Mm-hmm. I'm the first in my family to be like... And now you have two. Now I have two. I don't know what <laughs> happened. So my first is Barnes Backyard Experiences. So we rent out um, inflatable slide, water slides, bounce houses. Um, we have a selection of tables and chairs. And um, we... That kind of started out of nowhere. Um, my... <laughs> I remember when you told me you were going to do this, I was like, okay. High school Morgan would Come cringe on. right now. She <laughs> would be like, ew. Bounce houses. Um, but you saw a need in our community, in our very small community. Yes. And you filled it. Yes. That's my favorite quote from a, a movie called Robots. It has Robin Williams in it. It's mm-hmm. the cartoon movie Robots. Uh-huh. And Big Weld, his motto is see a need, fill a need. And it's so lame, but they got me. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so my son is a summer baby, and we were having a birthday party a few years ago. And we wanted to rent a water slide, and the cost to rent it and have it delivered out to this small town was more than the rental itself. Like, we were paying close, we would have been paying close to $800, $1,000 for this stupid water slide. Mm -hmm. Um, So we would after his birthday party, a lot of our friends were like, oh my gosh, that was incredible. Let me have this guy's contact information. And I was just kind of like, no. (laughs) And I just started talking to my husband and was like, I think we can do this. And just literally, I guess my school paid off, just like started referencing things and figured out how do you operate a bounce house Mm -hmm. business. And after a couple weeks of talking about it with Tanner, I was finally like, okay, we have to do this or I need to shut up. Like, yeah. And then from there, we just had to, like, start. Tell me about Posies. Posies. Posies is Morgan's other business. R.I.P. Posie. <laughs> Posie was her dog. Posie. <laughs> Posie died a year ago. Um, and Posie... Pause, pause. That was the day that she told me about her anxiety <laughs> attack. She was picking up Posey's ashes from the vet. <laughs> my, my dog died and I was not okay. <laughs> like, at all. Um, 
but my okay listen I have a child (laughs) and I still would refer to Posey as like my firstborn like people would not ask about my dogs and I'd be like but but there is a Posey (laughs) so Posey died and then my life changed and then I opened a business and then I was like wow I can't believe like how hard but how simple that was at the same time And I somehow came across this permanent jewelry concept on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I've always been a bracelet person. I always have some type of beaded chain, something on my wrist. I always have since I was a child. And was like, genius. This this bracelet like stays on your wrist. It just needs a small welder. And it takes this ring and welds it shut. And so you don't take it on and off all the time. Oh my gosh. And so I just went down the same rabbit hole that I kind of went down with Barnes Backyard Experiences where I just started researching it, talking to Tanner about it, and just got to a point where I was like, okay, I either have to do this or stop talking about it. And Posies is not even open yet. It's scheduled to open later this month, but um, Posies is my passion project. And that's kind of why I honored the business with the name. Um, I get to create, I get to play fashion, art, um, creativity. It's just all kind of been, I'm an adult who gets to like play and that's my business. And like, I get to create something and then change it if I want or create something. It's been incredible. I'm glad that you kind of explained what permanent jewelry is because the (laughs) first time you told me about that, I literally was like, so piercing (laughs) and doing piercings. But no, it's just these really dainty, we'll share pictures of it on our Instagram, really dainty, beautiful jewelry. I think it's very trendy, very fun. Thank yeah, you. I love it. I think it's awesome. Thank it still weirds you. me out a little bit, but I also think it's awesome. It's a strange <laughs> concept. And listen, if you're the type of person who has to take off your jewelry and be bare every night, it's not for you. And it'd be a lot cooler if it was, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> but I'm... A person who like it's dainty enough that I can leave it by itself and it makes a statement or it's a foundation piece for layering yeah and I like to play I like to have fun with my fashion I like I like I have a couple anklets I so you do anklets bracelets and necklaces correct correct yeah okay is there anything else I know that you can do rings but that's kind of pointless I can do you yeah you can do rings but the rings come on and off like a normal ring there's nothing like trivial about it no people are just kind of doing or getting permanent bracelets together, it's kind of like the adult version of mm, BFF bracelets or something like that. Like mothers and daughters go and do it together. Best friends go and do it together. And it's it's kind of like, yeah, an adult piece of jewelry. It's not so childish, but it's still like, it's an experience. You come with like your friends and your family. And um, one of the things that I'm so excited to be doing with my shop is my husband bought me this beautiful record player and I'm now like growing this record collection and so I want that to be part of the experience that you come in you choose the music that you want to be surrounded by you're with the people you love you're getting this beautiful piece of jewelry put on and um you leave with like this just new memory to tuck away so it's one of the the things I'm excited to to do and watch it grow yeah and this Morgan is why you're so good at business things is because you truly think of what is the experience? How is this person going to feel? It's not just, Oh, here, here's your bracelet. It's, yes. 
all of those things. I know you've done bachelorette parties. You've done bridal showers. You can do all kinds of Mm -hmm. events like that also. Yeah, I can. It's like the machine is like the size of a laptop. So I can do pop-up shops and boutiques or um, salons or we can do... I I went to somebody's hotel room, a bachelorette party, and we just hung out in the living room and and did something together there. And um, I'm a very sentimental person. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why this business really resonates with me because I think jewelry is, is personal and sentimental. I think um, the opportunity to be with your friends and family and, and get something that you both love together is like so special and I'm excited to share it. Yeah. Mm. I'm so excited. I'm going to get one soon and yes. I can't wait. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I know that starting these businesses hasn't been an easy road Mm. Um, especially on your family. Tell me about what's that looked like. How has this impacted your marriage and your parenting? And because you've had to adjust some things. Yes. So it's been chaotic. Um, but according to Donna, <laughs> I thrive off chaos and, um, it's, I'm both. sure you can't tell <laughs> the listeners cannot tell that <laughs> through your personality. I like it a like, a little bit crazy. It's just what I need. Um, so it's been challenging, but it's been a welcoming challenge. Mm. Um, you know, Tanner and I are just learning how to own a business and yeah. again, be like proud of what we've created. We kind of struggle with imposter syndrome of like, mm. um, feeling like with Barnes Backyard experiences, like, people would be like, oh, you own a business. And we're like, we own some inflatable slides. Like, <laughs> I don't know. We've had a hard time adjusting to that label. Yeah. So there's that. And there's like putting, because I'm so sentimental and personal, I'm putting these personal details into a business and then I'm projecting them out to the world for them to decide mm-hmm. yes or no. And that's kind of intimidating, but awesome. And then with, within our marriage... It's been tricky. Tanner and I have been together since high school. So we've watched each other grow from children, teenagers, lovers, parents, friends. We've seen each other in these roles of like caretaker. Um, If one of us has been sick, like, Mm -hmm. so we've seen each other in all these roles, but we've never seen each other as coworkers. Yeah. The work Morgan has always been very private from her husband. <laughs> I do not want Tanner to hear my customer service voice. I, I don't need him to be involved in like my work relationships, and those are complicated enough as it is. So now we're learning how to like communicate and navigate as parents and adults, and now as coworkers. Yeah, and it's been a balance, like. If Tanner gets frustrated with something I'm doing, I'm just like, oh my God, how would you, why would you talk to me like that? Like, would you <laughs> ever talk to a coworker like that? No, because he's talking to like the person he loves most, like more than anything in the world and right. is closest to like, so finding how we communicate. We also have very different, um, we are very different people. You are very <laughs> much so. He is a type A, like black and white um, he can hyper-focus on the entire day's tasks and get them mm-hmm. all done immediately. And I'm like a type E 
and I just do my thing. <laughs> yeah. I will say, knowing you guys, I feel like, and this is meant to be an encouragement, you guys are, like, the exception to every rule. Mm. Like, I typically, um, high schoolers that I talk to and mentor, I typically don't encourage them to date a lot <laughs> in high school. Um, because it most often doesn't work out. Yeah. But you guys are truly an exception to that, and it's not just... Like, oh, we've been together, so we're just going to stay together. Like, mm. I genuinely see you guys loving each other more and more. Yes. Every day. Yes. And that's so cool because it's very uncommon in today's world. Thank you. You're welcome. But, yeah, I don't think we would necessarily be in this place today if we hadn't have done the things we did leading up to opening our businesses. Like, mm-hmm. we decided to sell our house um, move into a fifth wheel on my parents' property in order to give my son like fresh air, open space. We both grew up on land. We, and then when we lived in the city, we realized like we're no longer enjoying the thing, the things that used to make us happy, like fresh air and exploration and discovery. Like we were just working and striving towards the things, the material things, the, the cars, the, we wanted to be successful so that we could have dirt bikes mm-hmm. and vehicles and trips yeah. and all the stuff, swaggy clothes. Yeah. And so by doing what we did, by moving, we purged everything. We just completely realigned our life, our faith in God. Like, so now without having those distractions, we have us Yeah. and it's been a trying time. You're just so vulnerable. You, 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 it's just us and our stuff, like the things, the traumas, mm-hmm. the, like growing and maturing and developing but it's been nice that's all we've had to focus on yeah we're not worrying about like a big fancy house or vacations or we're just worried about each other yeah and that's a little bit why you guys decided to start these businesses Mm -hmm. wasn't it so you could have more time freedom yes to be a family yes one of the things we discovered when we moved was what our true priorities were and one of that was time so I made like a significant career change in order to be home with my family more and that's what gave us like the courage to start these businesses um was so that we could be together because we don't mind working but we love working together. Yeah. And I mean like all of us, all three of us are yeah. together, working, contributing. Yeah. One of the things that you said last Christmas, I remember, and this ties into parenting a little bit, which we'll mm-hmm. get to, but you're like, we got Davy a toy shovel and a toy rake for Christmas. He's and I stoked. loved, he was stoked. And yes. I think that's amazing. Like he, you've trained him. To want to work hard, mm-hmm. but to work hard to love his family. And he's mm-hmm. four, and you see that in him, and mm. it's just incredible. Thank you. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Like, that was the other thing. We canceled our Amazon member membership mm. because we realized, like, this child, this love of our life, any sign of, like, boredom reaches his face, and we were on Amazon, like, don't worry, buddy. We will have something at your door by the end of the day, something new to play with. And he wasn't satisfied. He wasn't happy. He had a whole room of toys. He had his backyard, but he was like confined to this yard and he was just being thrown something new every day. So Tanner and I kind of did that, not just for Davey, but for ourselves to prove like 
okay, kids are truly satisfied by like yeah. the smallest things in life. It doesn't have to be the latest and greatest. Yeah. And that no. was awesome. That's incredible. Um, so I'm going to backtrack a little bit. We jumped into parenting, but I want to backtrack a little bit Yes. back to your businesses and how that's affected your marriage and your family. Mm. What has been the number one lesson that you've learned through that? Mm. The mo- the number one lesson has been, you don't know what you don't know. Mm. I feel like so many people are ashamed of ignorance. Like yeah. ignorance has such a, a negative connotation and it's not. You just don't know what you don't know. So ask. And don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to admit, I don't know how to do that. Um, but it's scary because it makes you vulnerable. And people yeah. can see, like, oh, you actually don't know what you're doing. Um, but it's it's pretty incredible what happens when you just, like, sit down with someone and say, I just want to learn. Mm-hmm. Teach me. Yeah. If you're just open to learning I think you'll succeed. And and also open to failing. Yes. Is a big one too. And it's something I'm pretty I'm so stoked that we've experienced this past year like growing and succeeding but also failing. Yeah. Because we're learning how learning how to do that and do it gracefully. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh I heard a quote several years ago somebody said you can't be afraid to suck at something. Yeah. Because anything you start, like, you're going to suck at for a little bit. Yeah. And you've got to learn how to how to be new at something. And I just, I'm the type of person, my sister and I both, my dad was telling us this the other day. It's like, you guys just want to be amazing the yes. first time you try anything. And we were like, oh, yeah, we, we really do. Yes. Um, so we've both been working on learning to... Try something just for fun. Be bad at it. It's yes. okay. Yes. <laughs> a word I love to use is play. As yes. adults, we forget to play. Yes. And I actually learned that from like a yoga class. She was like, just play around here. Like you, you yeah. don't play ring around the rosy anymore. You've outgrown that, but you can do this. And that's um, one of the reasons I love posies is I'm, I've never really made jewelry before. I'm just having to figure it out and play around. And I did fail. I did. I failed pretty bad, but, (laughs) but that caused me to then go back, figure out what happened, learn new techniques, learn new. And I was proud of myself for doing that. I felt so much more fulfilled than had I done everything perfectly from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's honestly better because people are a little bit drawn to failures Mm, because mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, this person's a human too. (laughs) It's hashtag relatable. Yes. Yes, very much so. Okay, Morgan. So another thing that I wanted to bring you on to talk about is parenting. I Mm. just, I love watching you guys parent Davey. I love Davey. Yeah. Um, He's he's pretty rad. My favorite (laughs) four-year-old. Especially since I've become... A mother this past year I've mm-hmm. just really watched you guys and learned a lot from you um you're actually the first person I told when I found out I was pregnant because yes. <laughs> I told you I was like I think I might be pregnant uh-huh. and I was a little bit stressed about it yeah um and so we talked a lot about that and you were just you probably knew the most details yeah. aside from my husband throughout my whole pregnancy <laughs> I am honored I'm honored to fill that position 
Yes. So I tell, I tell Davey that Sawyer's his best bud. And he, he's like, is he still my best bud? I'm like, yep, he's your best bud. As of, as of today, yes. So um, just tell me, like, what is your parenting philosophy? What is that? How has that evolved? Oh, my gosh. Communication. Communication. Um, so my grandmother, my granny, my dad's mom, um, good old Southern gal from Texas. <laughs> She's worked in education her entire life. Um, and I, not too long ago, actually, I was complaining to her or, or like venting to her. I was so stressed about Davy's education. He's in preschool and I was so stressed about the curriculum he was taking on this year. I didn't feel like it was challenging enough. I felt like he was falling behind and oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Blah, blah, blah. I'm just freaking out. And she was like, it all boils down to communication. Mm -hmm. If he understands how to relate to people, how to talk to people, if he can understand how to understand, yeah, then he can learn. So that's on you as a parent. And that's something that um, I've taken to heart since he was a baby was um, communicate to them. They're humans. They're people. They're um, oftentimes so many adults are like, you know, you are the parent, and that's the child, and that's that, and that, and right. and that's true to a, to an extent. But I just I talk to him like he is a part of my soul. Yeah, and that makes a huge difference. Yes, and I can tell just from like stories that you've told me. Mm. About him. Um, tell me about the time that he punched you in the face. <laughs> this is one of my favorite stories. My son decked me in the face. Like, he squared up. He was mad at me. And the thing I've done with Davy is I always give him the, the choice. Like, in, in this, like, moment of tension, I understand that he's just as angry as I am. Like, with me, as I am with him. Mm-hmm. So... I think we were going down for a nap and I was like, okay, you need to walk back to your room or I will carry you to your room. And I think he actually said he wanted to be carried. Okay. I pick him up. He's not fighting. He's not stressing, but I'm trying to like get things put away while he's in my arm, getting ready for a nap. And he says, I'm going to punch you in the face. And I honestly didn't even process it because of course my darling blue eyed little boy would never like punch me in the face he's not really like he's not mean like that he's not a violent kid no and then my jaw hurt and I was like this little hooligan just punched me in the face and he did he still had his like his jaw was tense his knuckles were were tight he had just punched me in the face And at um, that moment was probably the lowest point in my parenthood. I smacked him. Like, I smacked him across the face. And I was just like, that doesn't feel good, does it? And he was, he, I'm so proud of him because he did not flinch. He did not scream. He did not cry. He looked me in the eyes and I was like, you will go down for a nap. And he said, okay. (laughs) And he went down for a really good nap. And then I just felt lousy and like I discussed it with my husband. I was like, the way I reacted was 
awful and I just, I felt horrible. So my husband is always in those moments when I'm not feeling like the best parent. Um, Tanner always says, go talk to him. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's one thing Tanner and I do is like, if I've made a mistake, I apologize. And I explain, I explain that to him. Um, but Davy actually came and talked to me. <laughs> the four-year-old. <laughs> he comes to me. I've been pouting. He comes up to me and says, Mom, have a seat. And he goes, I should not have hit you. And you should not have hit me. We should not use our hands when we're angry. And I'm sorry. I love you. And I was stunned. <laughs> I was just like, well, I love you too. And I don't know what to do next. <laughs> Thank you for parenting me. <laughs> but at that moment, I was like, okay, I think we're doing something right here. Yes. I love that story. One, because I just think it's kind of hilarious. But also... One of the things that Luke and I love about your guys' parenting is you do such a good job of apologizing when necessary, but also disciplining in a healthy way mm-hmm. and teaching him what's acceptable and what's not. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? How do you approach him and teach him the difference between I was wrong and I need to apologize versus this is not acceptable behavior mm-hmm. and how... How do you navigate that Mm. with him? So my biggest thing is like consistency. Um, If we say like, don't do that. And he does it. And then he's in his room. um, Tanner and I will kind of then discuss like, okay, was that appropriate? Like Mm -hmm. did the punishment match the crime type Mm -hmm. deal? We kind of have a discussion of that. Um, And if we've acted, if we've done the things that we expect him to do a better job of um so for example like if we raise our voices or if we're short with him or mean to him or so like we (laughs) exhibit the behavior that we do not want him to project we apologize for that so we'll go in and say like listen I asked you to do this and you didn't do it I'm sorry I raised my voice like I make sure to still acknowledge that like crime punishment but I'm sorry I acted human mm-hmm. with flaw right. and and did this however he's a smart child and he's kind of caught on like there was one time we were discussing it he got in trouble I, I think he had to like go to his room or something and then when I check in on him he goes you're sorry for yelling at me and it was like in that oh. instance actually no I'm not sorry I raised your voice I'm not a I'm I don't promise that I'm not gonna raise my voice like I was very frustrated. He understands the emotion frustrated. Um, And then I I explained this, but sometimes like, no, buddy, you're just in trouble. You're in the wrong here. And that's uncomfortable. And you have to sit with that. Yeah. That feeling won't last forever. So yeah. Uh, Note for the audio, the baby woke up. So (laughs) he's sitting here recording with us. If you hear him in the background, (laughs) he's chewing on the wrong end of his pacifier currently. <laughs> whatever you gotta do, man. Yeah, whatever keeps you happy, bud, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's so awesome because I heard a pastor one time, and he's talking a little bit on gentle parenting because mm. 
I know you and I have discussed there's things that we agree with with gentle parenting yes. and there's things that we don't agree with with gentle parenting. Yes. Um, and I, something yeah. that stood out to me that this pastor said was that we have to teach our kids that sin is painful mm. and that when you sin, it's going to bring you harm. And yes. it's not to keep you from fun. It's not to... So it's like, not something to take lightly. No. Like, yeah. Yes, we want to understand our feelings and acknowledge our feelings, but our feelings are not always reliable. Right. And I think that's important to teach our yes. children. Yes. Yeah, one of my favorite teaching moments with Davey um, was since we started these businesses, he helps us. So if he, like, minor things, like sets out cones or, or help, gets a rag and helps clean off the slide, like, he gets a dollar, and um, he's been saving his money and learning the value of a dollar. However, there was one day where out of anger, my son rips the shade off the window. Like after we've told him to leave it alone, he just rips this shade off. And I was just so upset because <laughs> again, he's not like this manic dude who punches people and rips things off. <laughs> so I was just like, what on earth? So I, Tanner and I were so frustrated with him. This was so out of character. We were like, this is going to hurt. So we decided to um, make him pay us to repair the window. Understand mm-hmm. a dollar. Understand like what you did out of anger. Not okay. So I printed out 10 slides and he had to earn these $10. Mm-hmm. So we would mark off the slide and he would get a dollar and put it in his wallet. And he got to watch his dollars accumulate. And then once he hit 10, I was like, okay, buddy, you owe me $10 to repair the window. Go get your money. And now you owe me. And he had to take that money out of his wallet, pay me for mm-hmm. something he didn't want to pay for. And that was that. Like, haven't had an issue since. However, there was one day we were at my parents. <laughs> And he's messing with the blinds and um, there was a big like crash and it was a total accident. Nothing he did wrong, but he just whips his head around and he's like, please don't charge me. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, your debt is forgiven, buddy. You're in the clear. I love that. He's learning though. Like he gets it. Yes. Children understand. You'd be shocked at what kids are able to like absorb and understand if you just give them the time and opportunity. Yes. I Mm. think that's amazing. I just really love how you guys have used all of these opportunities to teach Davey, how you've involved him in your businesses. And it's just really been a family affair. Uh, But I know it wasn't easy for you to have Davey. I know that was a really long road. So tell me a little bit about that. You can share as much or as little as you feel comfortable with. So Tanner and I started dating in high school. Knew I loved him so much. Knew I wanted to be a mother. Um, We got married when I was 20. And then about a year later decided... I want to have children like we were both so on board we loved each other so much we were so ready to expand our family um and then after about six months of actively trying um 
I wasn't getting anything, like not so much as a scare. <laughs> like I've got nothing going on here. And I just like clung to that intuition that something is not right, dude. Um, so I contacted a fertility specialist and had an appointment set up for a Wednesday on a Friday, discovered I was pregnant. Mm. Yeah, it was so exciting. Um, spoiler alert, I lost that pregnancy. However, that pregnancy gave me so many things. Mm. Um, I got pregnant naturally, um, by conceiving with my husband, like (laughs) that's such a big deal. I didn't realize it was such a big deal at the time. Um, I got to tell him, I got to surprise him and, and see the reaction on his face and the excitement on his face. Um, I got to tell our family um, see my mom's reaction and his mom's reaction. We got these beautiful rocking horses, um, with our last name on it. And actually we got the year put on the horses and the year the baby was supposed to be born. And there was like some type of mess up. The horses came with just our last name. Mm. And that divine was, yes right and Tanner and I both like looked at each other when we opened them and we're like Ugh. turns out like everything happens for a reason um so yeah first miscarriage and then doctor says you know what like sorry this didn't work out but it's a good thing you can get pregnant on your own that's perfect um he just gave me medication to hyperovulate and scheduled prescribed sex on on a little pad was like between this day, these hours, once a day, you do it. Okay. Didn't do any type of... I'm sure Tanner hated that. Actually, he did. (laughs) It's very hard to get spicy when... Kind of takes the romance out of it. It does. There is pressure. Like, if you don't fire away correctly... You done lost your chance. Gotcha. (laughs) Interesting. It was kind of awful. (laughs) Um, So yeah, um, he this doctor though did not do any type of diagnostics. Didn't look into like why I wasn't conceiving, and I don't think took me very serious because I was an otherwise young, healthy individual um, who got pregnant. And miscarriages happen, right? Like those things happen to even the healthiest of women. Yeah. We talked about that on our last episode with Abigail yes. about how infertility a lot of times has a rise rhyme or reason, but miscarriages don't exactly. always. Exactly. They're just they're normal. <clears throat> so, second pregnancy is where my life changed and like I think was truly the starting point that led me down to the path that I'm here today. My second pregnancy was one of my first experiences with understanding God's sovereignty and his perfect plan for our lives. My second pregnancy was a complex one. It was an ectopic pregnancy. We didn't know this information at the time. Um, and I miscarried a baby around seven weeks or so um and but the story of that miscarriage is actually like incredible and it's one I haven't shared with anyone truly 
Um, Tanner, at the time of my second pregnancy, was in the, the military. He was in the Navy. And he was scheduled to deploy later that year. But before deployments, his carrier specifically was doing a lot of what they called workups. So you go out to sea and you go five days at a time, come home four, go out a week, come home three days, go out, whatever. They were just coming and going constantly. And actually workups are harder than deployment because it's just, it's no phone, it's no contact. You're gone so like few days that there's no need. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas deployment, you're kind of in touch a little more frequently, at least for us. Um, So he was scheduled to go on this workup, gave me a kiss, goodbye. He probably left around 1.30 in the morning. Um, And I just started getting contractions. This was my second miscarriage. I knew what was happening. Mm-hmm. My body was contracting, getting ready to get rid of this pregnancy. I was in so much pain, but in such a different place mentally. Like my first pregnant, my first miscarriage, I'd ended up calling 911. I had mm-hmm. a male doctor who was like, this is going to feel like period cramps. And I was like, wow, I've had those a time or two in my life. (laughs) That's doable. And when I was like on the floor gasping for air, like nauseous, I didn't know what was happening. And so we called 911. The second time I knew what to expect. I knew what was happening. So I just, I drew a bath. I paid attention to what my body was doing. I was, I realized like these contractions are kind of getting closer together. Um, I, but I was still like panicked and alone. The pain was getting heavier, more intense. And I was just like physically thinking to myself, I don't know how much longer I can do this. Um, by then Tanner is on the ship, quite literally heading out to sea and just got on his phone real quick, snuck a phone call and Mm -hmm. was like, Hey, I'm heading out, blah, blah, blah. And I could barely speak. I could barely communicate with him. And I don't know how I even got it out. I was like miscarrying. I'll talk to you later. Like I have to go. I can't. I can't yes. even speak. Oh my gosh. Um, and so he hung up with me and I actually talked to him about this the other day because I was like, I don't know what happened on your end specifically. Um, he, he said he just kind of got off the phone and was stunned, had his phone out, didn't know what to do, who to call. Our family doesn't live in town. Yeah. We kind of have no one. Um, and somebody saw him with his phone. Hey, you can't have your phone out. And he's just like, my wife is miscarrying. This person, and I don't know what details he shared or how. Anyways, this person tells this person who tells this person. It gets back to the captain. The captain stops this like huge ship, gets no a tugboat, way. gets Tanner on a tugboat, gets him home. Oh my goodness. And like, he just quite literally walked in the door and I was no longer alone. Like I, by then I had done what needed to be done. The absolute worst thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Like the most traumatizing thing that ever happened to me in my life. And I just remembered being curled up on the couch. I'm at least with Posey. I have Posey. Um, and then my husband just comes through this door and I was like, what, who does that like if this captain is out there today (laughs) I never met him or had the chance to say like 
thank you. Like, no, no one does that. Oh like, gosh, and who knows? Amazing. Maybe by the time they played telephone, it got to him. Somebody was like, she was in an accident. She's bleeding out. I don't know. <laughs> but nonetheless, like he stopped this ship. He called a tugboat. He got this man like back to his car and Tanner was able to be with me. Like, um, and after that, I just, I remember we were in bed, like facing each other, just feeling the grief and feeling those feelings. And in that moment, I remember feeling like this sense of peace. Mm. And it's something that it was a sense of peace because I knew this was God's pain. This was God's plan. This wasn't my pain to carry. That didn't make the pain go away. That didn't make me okay. That didn't make me like, I'm fine. There's nothing to be upset about. I'm a believer and believers have this this special relief. It's not that at all. It was just this sense of peace and comfort. And that carried me through my healing. Yeah. I was reading uh, just yesterday, actually, in Second Corinthians, and Paul says, because we share in the suffering that Christ had, mm. we also get to share in the comforting that God in the comfort that God offers. It's incredible, and it's true, and it's something that I can't put words to, I can't describe, and I wish I did a better way of describing it because it's. Yeah, it didn't make my heart hurt less. It didn't, like, these feelings that I felt were, I was so defeated. Like, I'm a woman who whose body was designed to do this thing and this thing I felt so passionate about. Um, I was talking to you last night. Like, the way I felt about having children, specifically Tanner's children, was that I was honored to have his I loved him so much that I considered it an honor to have his child and my body wasn't doing this and it wasn't my fault but and that's why I felt so defeated my mind and my body were doing two different things so I knew that Tanner wanted children more than anything I knew he wanted children just as badly as I did and so I felt so guilty that I couldn't give that to him like he could go to so many different women. He could he could have chosen somebody else who could have done this naturally and easily and beautifully and he's stuck with me. And he's going through everything I'm going through as well. The the grieving over the loss, the what ifs, the um and also dealing with like being my caretaker. Um he's supposed to be the strong, like I just lost a baby and he's supposed to be the strong one getting both of us through this. And so I felt so bad to have to put all of that on his shoulders. Like I loved him so much and I didn't want him to have to go through that with me. So from there, it doesn't really, our story doesn't really get any easier or any better until it does. Um, after my second miscarriage, um, I told you it was a complex one. It had actually been an ectopic pregnancy. 
that had moved through my fallopian tube. So ectopic is when the embryo is trapped in your fallopian mm-hmm. tube, and from there it's deemed it's not viable. Mm-hmm. Either you or the baby will die. Um, so I miscarried a baby, and then weeks later, my doctor called to check on me and was like, how are you doing? I was like, I'm still really bloated and in mm-hmm. pain. And he was... He got me an appointment immediately, and things like happened so fast after that. Um, my life literally just changed. <laughs> I, what we didn't know at the time was that I'd had a piece of placenta stuck in my fallopian tube. And when that happens, the cells in the placenta still multiply, even though there's no baby attached. Mm, so interesting. my tube was growing, growing, growing. That's why I was bloated. I was in so much pain. And my doctor was like, I don't even know how you've been going to work. Like wow. this is excruciating. Um, and it was, <laughs> but I, um, got an appointment. He set me up like tomorrow, we're going to get you a shot that dissolves those cells because based on your HCG levels, this is a pretty good size Mm -hmm. um if anything changes let me know or get to the hospital immediately and everything this is again where I'm reminded of God's sovereignty because the way everything happened leading up to this was just so perfect um after I had the miscarriage, Tanner's mom and grandmother wrote, asked him, like, does Morgan want any company? And at first I was like, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. And then was like, you know what? I do. Yeah. So they were just here taking care of me. And um, Tanner was going back to the ship. Um, he at least wasn't going out to sea, but he had to work every day. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so they're here. We're getting ready for my appointment tanner's in his dress blues or his i don't even know what they're called anymore in dubs so he's dressed in his digital camo Mm -hmm. he's gonna go to work after my appointment because all it is is a shot and i was in so much pain and i remembered the night before sleep in my sleep woke up from this gushing pain Mm. that i thought was gas woke me up from my sleep I still remember it was around 12 30 a.m and I was like man that is intense (laughs) (laughs) this digestion and the next morning everybody's getting ready for my appointment I'm just in sweatpants I don't care and um I I called the doctor and was like can I take a pain pill because I'm like in a lot of pain and they were like no just get here okay and so we did They get me in, I get an ultrasound, it's a very silent ultrasound, and then the doctor comes in and is like, your fallopian tube has burst, you're bleeding internally. Oh no. (laughs) The hospital is right next door, however, you're going in an ambulance. Oh my goodness. It was like pretty serious <laughs> like yeah sounds like it morgan <laughs> i have this strange way of coping with stress and intense things i just kind of exist i am like okay I, that's what we'll do then so we're doing this 
I am getting in. <laughs> okay, also, <laughs> real quick, I don't get embarrassed very easily. <laughs> However, this is true. <laughs> being put on a gurney, like led by ambulance <laughs> through a fertility women's clinic waiting room, they have no back entrance. Like, this office is not prepared for these types of emergencies. Like, oh, goodness. I had to go through this room full of hurting women who <laughs> just trying to get pregnant. And then they see... See, you could have it worse, lady. <laughs> they see the outcome of, like, these these treatments I'm being, like, wailed out. Like, I bet you got so many wide-eyed, <laughs> terrified looks. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. And then it gets better, dude. They put me in this ambulance with this, e- this EMT who's probably, like, if I had to slap a number on him, no older than, like, 22 years old. And he's just like, we're making small talk. Like, I'm so conscious. I'm alive. Yeah. And he's just like, what are you going in for? I was like, I'm, I had an ectopic pregnancy that burst. But I had a miscarriage and then an ectopic pregnancy. I think that's what I said. And he's like, that can't happen. I was like, no, this is what happened in my, my tube burst and blah, blah, blah. No, that's not possible. <laughs> I was like, I, Bro. Don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a degree. I'm just... Major shout out to the captain who let Tanner come home. Anti shout out to the CMT. I hope he's well. I like... Like, at the time, I don't even think the doctor had explained it to me that the, the placenta is what happened. Like, it was such a major emergency that it was just go, go, go. Like, he was not feeding us much information. Yeah. It was just like, get in there, let's go. So I'm in this... Um, pre-op room in the emergency room. I don't even know where I am, to be honest. Tanner's with me, um, and then his mother and his grandmother, and thank God. So they're able to call my mom and be mm-hmm. like, okay, I think you need to get down here. And then... You were in San Diego at the time, I'm in correct? San Diego. Okay. Yes, my husband's in the military. We're stationed in San Diego. My family's in Arizona. Mm-hmm. I currently have my mother and my my husband's grandmother also my grandmother, with us. Um, So yeah, they're calling my mom. They're like, okay, you need to get in the car and come. And then I'm like, oh my word. My mother is such an anxious driver as it is. (laughs) Now she's going to get in this car to this emergency surgery. So I'm like like doped up. I'm pulling the phone over. I'm like, mom, you got to just settle down, okay? Promise me that you will just chill out. Get to San Diego safely. Don't worry, Mom. The EMT said this wasn't possible, so it's probably not an emergency. (laughs) I'm just bleeding internally. That's it. I lost, like, so much blood. Like, it was actually quite scary. It was, like, a pretty serious... Yeah. I think I nearly died. I still, like, check in with Tanner every now and then because it's so surreal. I'm like, did I... Was that as serious as, like, I feel it was? Did I dream this? Yeah. He's like, I don't think you understand, actually, the depravity of, like, what happened. Like, are you sure? Um, That is wild. So, yeah. I still can't get over this EMT. Like, my guy. (laughs) (laughs) Please. I hope he never told another woman that. I was just like, I don't know. Dude, I have, like, such... 
that was the other thing. My first miscarriage, these firefighters came in. I'm humiliated because I'm like on the bed, like, and there's these like hunky firefighters coming in who have to like wheel me down the stairs. And literally one of the guys is like, so what's going on? And I was like, I'm having a miscarriage. And he's like, ah, my wife had one of those. Like I should be up doing my grocery shopping right now. And I was like, these dudes. Kill me. So if you're a man listening to this, please. Please don't make comments. Just say, be gentle when women are having miscarriages. Just say, it'll be fine. I don't know. Or don't. (laughs) Don't say anything. Just don't say anything. (laughs) Better yet. So yeah, I come to, the doctor comes in. I'm in those, like, do you know those, like, um, mesh panties that you get at the doctors? Oh, yeah. I'm in those bad boys because I've just had surgery on my abdomen and he comes in, he checks the incision, accidentally slips, snap, like, my underwear to my... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he was like, oh, oh, oh. So, <laughs> you can't have kids. <laughs> like, so, we, we go from mesh underwear snap to you will never have children. <laughs> you, uh, he's like, I don't usually like to say, like, 100% chance, but, like, you know you don't need to buy birth control. And I was like, cool. Um, thanks. Thanks for showing me the bright side. <laughs> he did. He was trying. God bless his soul. Um, God bless his soul. But, um, he tells me, yeah, I had, my tubes are just in bad shape. Turns out this is why I can't get pregnant. Um, turns out, one was completely sealed shut and the other was slightly open. So that's how that mm. embryo got through the tube but got stuck. Oh. And there's no rhyme or reason as to why this happened. I've had multiple tests. I've had multiple doctor's opinions. And um, it's just one of those things. It just is yeah. and it happens. Um, so from there, we had to do IVF. And that's what this doctor is telling us, like, you um i you you have to do ivf in order to get pregnant like there's no mm-hmm. ifs ands or buts but the beautiful thing is like your uterus is fine everything else works yeah fine um so that was helpful that was a plus you can carry children beautifully <laughs> <laughs> you just just it's getting there <laughs> yeah so um we and this doctor actually tells tanner and i like um, I recommend moving to Texas because mm. insurance groups, insurance is better in, in Texas and there's usually coverage for infertility. Um, he knew we were a young couple just getting started. So that was his big suggestion. And so we were like, we will go and just kept hitting roadblock after roadblock. And that's something Tanner and I have fully trusted in is like, if the doors keep, if the doors are shut, yeah, you shouldn't enter them. Right. There's, you should only fight the, fate so much and so we're trying to like make this rash move to texas and in the meantime his dad has been diagnosed with cancer and he's not doing well Mm. so we were like you know what let's go home Mm -hmm. home to arizona home to arizona with my family tanner's about to deploy i'm sitting with this new reality for our future yeah let's go home let's heal Let's save our money and then decide where we're going to go. So this is why you were saying earlier with the first miscarriage, like you got to tell Tanner that you were pregnant. Like there was the magic of it that you got to experience. Exactly. There, I'm so grateful for that pregnancy and for that loss. 
because I had all of these opportunities, all of these things that I thought I was missing out or taking away from Tanner. So we were blessed with those things. And then quite honestly, I was blessed by the loss. It shaped me into the person I am, but it also gave me my son today. Yeah. Like knowing my son now and knowing who he is and how he fits into the family, knowing how Tanner and I communicate with him, knowing what I know now, like that was so perfect. Mm -hmm. Those miscarriages were so perfect. Yeah. And all the events that unfolded afterwards, we're now home. We're with my husband's dad. He passes away. We're here. We're together. We're he probably would have stayed in the military much longer, but he, he in fact got out early so that he could be with his dad. He would have been across the world had his dad passed away and he was still in the military. Like, um, all of these things just ended up working out so beautifully and so perfectly that we now have what we have and I would do it all 10 times over. I would live that pain every single day if that meant I got Davy. Yeah. You've shared with me before when I first got pregnant. Like you as hard as the losses were, mm-hmm. you know that those babies are with Jesus. Yes. And that now you have Davy. So all of your babies are safe. They're safe. They are happy. Yeah. They are blessed. They're like I was just not meant to be their mother on earth. Yeah. It just, but they were meant to be my babies. Yeah. I shared this quote in the last episode, but I think it's just as relevant mm. now uh, from Tim Keller. If we knew everything that God knew, we would do exactly what God does. Mm. And I just think about that all the time. Mm-hmm. And it brings me to tears, quite honestly, because it's true. Like, yes. We get so angry at God for all of these mm. intense, horrible things we have to walk through. But he knows. Like, he saw Davy, and he knew Davy would come and be mm. here. Mm-hmm. And he knew that he would be taking care of your other babies. Yes. In heaven. Yes. And it's something that, had I not lived through these, I wouldn't know how to address to, like, non-believers specifically. The main question you get as a believer is like, if God is real, why do these horrible things happen? Why is there death? Why is there rape? Why is there sickness? Why do these things happen? And it's, it's like being a believer doesn't make these things suck any less. They're still just as horrible, but being a believer gives me that peace and that understanding that something greater is happening, something beyond me. And yes, terrible things happen in this horrible earth but that's what makes heaven so sweet yeah. and so perfect and so beautiful it's like and that's what makes me seize these gifts in these stupid rocks in these like <laughs> i truly believe that what god has given us is just this sweet little glimpse yeah. into what he's going to give us like yeah. imagine if how great this little rock here is on earth like how great it'll be in heaven. Yes. yes. Do you know? Yeah. And it's perfect state when when all is perfected and when sin is gone. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think about that all the time. Morgan and I talk about this all the time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, it may be a little morbid, but it's also beautiful. <laughs> we, we are so excited. and But that's like why being a Christian, like we have no fear, you yeah. know? Yeah. And we have an anchor. Yes. We have an anchor in those times of 
when we're just like, what the heck is this about? And why is this going on? Yes. We have an anchor Mm -hmm. and we, um, we can be still in that. And I think that's beautiful. Mm. Um, something that you shared with me last night that just really, really touched me and I thought was so beautiful is you were saying how, um, I don't know if you were going to go into this, but you had one, after you did IVF, you had one embryo that didn't take. Yes. Uh, tell me about that. Mm. Okay. So the process of IVF and being a Christian is one that I've struggled with. Yeah. Um, because I have my feelings, I have my faith, and then I have my, my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted a baby and doggone it, I'm going to get a baby. And I did that through IVF and I struggled with whether or not we were playing God. Um, but nonetheless... We did it. We're happy we did it. Um, out of that, we got 10 embryos, um, and we did genetic testing. Mm-hmm. So a step further in playing God a little bit, we knew what we, – we call it our batting lineup. Yeah. So based on the order of confidence of how mm, genetically perfect these things are, mm-hmm. um, they give you a 1 through 10, and our lineup I think was boy, boy, girl, boy, something, 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 something. Um, with that, we also know if there's any genetic mutations, if there's any reasons that these embryos are viable or non-viable. Um, and then we, yeah, so we had our first transfer, meaning that this embryo was like the creme de la creme and it didn't take, it didn't work. (laughs) I don't know what happened. You can Um, only play God so (laughs) much. So Davey, the second best. (laughs) Davey was my second boy. He was second best, but man, he was the champion. Like even the embryologist came in and was like, this is a good looking embryo. And Mm -hmm. it was like his edges were smooth. I have a picture of him. Like that's amazing. (laughs) I have a picture of my son literally like three days old after sperm and egg connected, like three days. That is amazing. What am I prized possession? Yes. I want to see this. I have not seen this. You haven't seen Davy? No. I need to see it. I need to see Embryo Davy. Yes, Embryo (laughs) Davy. It's a good looking dude. Um, But something that I I kind of struggle with is um, my beliefs of like pro-life versus pro-choice are are kind of like affirmed Mm -hmm. in this three-day embryo yeah this three-day embryo was implanted and considered a success in a life and the the doctor literally tells me like you're walking in pregnant or you're walking in you're not pregnant we do the transfer you walk out like I think it's like three weeks pregnant or something like that based on on your menstrual calendar like yeah you're pregnant and that's a success and that's life but then it can also be defined as like if you're somebody who's in this this awful awful situation, um, it can be used as like a defense. Well, it's only three days old. Like yeah. it's only yeah been what it is for for three days. It's not much than a clump of cells. But after living through IVF, I realize the reality is it's not just a clump of cells. Like it's this it's it's a life. Yeah. It's um, and that can be broken down. There's there's. Yeah. Two sides but to every story. So so much more real for you as someone who has walked through this. Correct. Like, this is my baby. This is my baby. This is my son. This is 
a success, a triumph, a miracle. Like, um, and I, like, I struggle with the belief that like every child I've, I've carried is my child though. They didn't grow up and have a name and, or or a little body or, or whatever. Like, um, but you're a mother of four. I'm a mother of four. But however, if I go to like my doctor and I sit down, my medical chart states like I've had two miscarriages and one failed transfer. Like I have to to clarify. And I understand the reasoning for it, but my heart feels like, no, I've had like three miscarriages. I've lost three babies. So. Yeah, that baby is just as much a baby to you. Exactly. As the two miscarriages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Thank it's sad, you. but it's beautiful. It's sad, but it, it is. Like, um, it truly gave me something that a lot of people with infertility struggle with is like support of other women mm-hmm. who are getting pregnant and they aren't mm-hmm. trying. And it's so easy to be bitter and hateful and spiteful, but. At the same time, having these losses and this success have taught me like just how precious life is and just how hard it is to create life. Like yes. how everything has to align perfectly and beautifully in order for right. a life to form. Right. Um, this isn't in the list of questions that I gave you, but it's coming to mind now. How did you navigate like Mother's Day through these these years? What did that? How was that for you? I and Father's Day too. Excuse me, I had posy. <laughs> right, right. Okay, never I mind. Very Cancel that. Much celebrated Mother's Day. <laughs> posy treated me so well on Mother's Day. <laughs> Thank God for Posey. But it was genuinely like a distraction from the hurt yeah, and yeah. and the sadness and lack of like little coping mechanism little coping mechanism we would still treat mom to brunch and like we would we would go to like at this doggy brunch place oh um she would have her own little bowl of chicken and rice and we would have our yeah. breakfast and yeah is that good like did you think that was a healthy way like would you yes. recommend that to someone else yes like it, whether they have a dog or something like do something some do sort something of acknowledgement to like, yeah and celebrate you and like mother's day as it as it progressed was actually a lot of fun that's a really cool question you're asking um because yeah we did something different and off the wall and kooky <laughs> yeah with pose but then um, because you didn't have like a baby correct you could kind of still do some fun things without being like oh we have to have Yes. Baby friendly things. <laughs> yeah. And we also like didn't need to, it's not like we went to the family and was like, happy Mother's Day. To my, or maybe we did. We were really crazy. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> to me and my dog. But um, then from there, it turned into like, I remember one particular Mother's Day was in between the embryo retrieval and transfer. Mm-hmm. So my clinic, what they would do was freeze them for a month. So mm-hmm. after they collected these little eggies and made embryos, they then freeze them. For whatever mm-hmm. reason, you have better results if you do that. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so we were in May, fell in that freezer period, and I just gave like a special shout out to Tanner, like to the father of my... Or my of my 10 embryos. <laughs> yeah, it must have been Father's Day. To the father of my 10 children, like... I love you so much. You are a dope dad. Like, so it was kind of cool to just play on that. And then, like, I was pregnant 
the next Mother's Day, I was like eight months yeah, pregnant. Yeah, you were about to have a baby. I was about to have a baby. And my husband is, to this day, Mother's Day is like one of my favorite holidays because I'm not necessarily spoiled with the things Mm -hmm. but my husband does such a good job of cherishing me on that day like taking care of me and um giving his devoting his time and attention to me and just making me feel special and feel heard and so from that first year that I was pregnant to like the most recent mother's day that's been his his thing and something that he's now incorporated Davy into they oh, both okay. take the time to love me and cherish me and it's truly a gift to Davy to go get me a bouquet or to yes. make pancakes for mama and like he understands that yeah i was going to say tanner has done a great job of like modeling that to Davy i can't tell you guys how many times morgan and i have been hanging out and Davy and Tanner show up with flowers. Yes. And it's, I'm sure Tanner taught him that, but you say now it's Davy. He's like, oh, we're at the store. There's flowers. We yes. got to get some for mom. It's a, it's very much a love language. It's not every time he goes to the store, but there are certain times where it clicks. And today, mama needs some flowers and it makes him so happy to I give me flowers. That. I love that. Mm-hmm. And that does speak to like what we were discussing earlier like he understands though you discipline mm-hmm. him he understands that you love him and that mm-hmm. your relationship is important yes I think that's so cool and a lot of people kind of have one extreme or the other either their mm-hmm. kids kind of free reign their feelings are everything or they're just completely shut down mm-hmm. so that's something I really admire in you Thank guys you. Is how you balance that and Luke and I pay attention to that and mm-hmm. <laughs> So that's cool to hear. Yeah. 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 He's a good boy. He is. He's so fun. <laughs> um, okay. So as we close out the podcast, I have two questions at the end okay. that I ask everyone. Mm. Um, so because of this road that you have walked through, through mm-hmm. your infertility journey and also starting businesses mm-hmm. and raising Davy, how do you love people and love God? better now than you did before oh man it's such a good question because it's something that's just transformed so greatly in this past year alone mm-hmm. um i love god for his gifts being outside is a gift being a mother is a gift i try not to fall into that like um, that social media narrative of like being a mom is so hard and, yeah. and praise the mothers, their warriors. They really are. But I think it also turns into like a burden. Yeah. And I don't like a victim mentality. Yes. Yeah. And I don't believe in that. I like when COVID happened, I was, and we were all locked down. I was like, I refuse to see this as like a hindrance on me yeah it this is a gift to be spending day in and day out yeah. with my son facing the good times and the bad um so I just love God so much for those gifts and those times and those trials like without these without COVID without these trials Tanner and I wouldn't have had that time together to think and prioritize and yeah. become um and then when it comes to loving others it you just kind of realize like everyone has their stuff. Yeah. My story sucks and it's traumatic 
And then the person next to me has a story yeah. that sucks and is traumatic. And it's kind of beautiful that we're all struggling in these different ways, but then we heal and we become bigger and better. And then we can come together and create this kind of community of like people helping people. Do you yeah. know? Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, I just, I try and, and think like your feelings are your feelings. And that's something that someone once told me that just seriously liberated is your feelings are your feelings and do that. Feel those feelings. Yeah. But understand the person next to you is feeling their feelings. Right. And so <laughs> like we're all just trying to feel these feelings that are <laughs> either like genuine or misleading or whatever. So try to remember that everybody has their stuff and they're going through their thing. And then think about like, is that why they're treating you the way they're treating you or, or, and just try to extend that grace and courtesy that mm-hmm. God gave us. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So for the final question, Mm. what are you loving right now? Kanye West. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me why. Tell me. Well, I know why. Tell the people why you're loving Kanye West. (laughs) Oh, I think he's a genius. Okay. I think he is cuckoo bananas. And I haven't followed him like too closely i'm not like a um pop culture guru she is she doesn't think she is she is oh i am <laughs> listen but the weird stuff the no, like not the popular pop culture like the behind the scenes pop culture yes that's what you're into that's what i'm into <laughs> um so i've been his last album donda is one of my absolute all-time favorites and it mm-hmm. actually has like um, a faithful message to it. it he, yeah. he is declaring his love of God and that God is freedom and God is love. And, and I'm sure there's some other subliminal messages mixed in there that are all kinds of kooky, wacky, crazy, but that's what I take away from it. And it's been awesome. And now I've been following him <laughs> and his rant. I just check in every now and then. I'm not a sleuth. I'm not following it minute by minute. But these postings he's been putting on Instagram... And the reason I'm so intrigued by this is because I often like to compare. In the Bible, there were some kooky people. There were some crazy yeah. people. There were people would look at you and judge you and mock you and, and, and Those knock were the you prophets, down. dude. Exactly. Those were the prophets. <laughs> things aren't happening in modern day. These mm-hmm. crazy prophets, these cuckoo prophets that people don't listen to, people write off, they mock, they shun. And I'm not calling Kanye a prophet. But I think if there's a message out there that we need to listen to, and especially when people say, like, don't listen to them, they're just crazy rich Mm. celebrities, Mm -hmm. that's kind of when you need to read between the lines. Yeah. So I urge you, (laughs) follow Kanye's tweets. Specifically, one I think he's deleted. Um, If you just Google Kanye West Instagram, Gabby's boots are trash. (laughs) You'll find some gold there and the reason why I've been following along. Interesting. This Mm -hmm. is why I love Morgan. (laughs) I learned so much from her. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) Okay, Morgan. Thank you so much for being on. Thanks for asking me, Cody. I've been so excited. Yeah. And honored. Oh, I'm so glad. Cool. I think think a lot of people are going to resonate with your story Mm. and are hopefully going to gonna have some good takeaways from it 
I hope so. so. I hope you guys take some. And you know what? Sh- another shout out to that EMT. Wherever you are, <laughs> I hope you're well. <laughs> I told you guys that you would laugh, cry, and feel every other emotion in between. And was I right? Or was I right? Go follow Morgan's businesses on social media, Barnes Backyard Experiences, and Posies, an adornment experience. You can tell just how much Morgan cares for her customers, considering that the word experience is in both of the titles of her businesses. I hope you are all encouraged by today's conversation. I learned things about Morgan that I did not know before, and I'm so glad that she was able to be so vulnerable and share with us her story. I hope it was an encouragement to you, and please, if you enjoyed today's conversation, can you go ahead and share the Everyday Love podcast on social media? That way more people can hear about it and more people can be encouraged by these conversations, because that's the whole point, is that we can better understand each other and better understand how we love each other and love the Lord through the struggles that we walk through in life. That's all that we have for today, so we'll see you next time.